everybody. Welcome to Windy World Daily with Wendy Washington. And today we have, I guess I could say, a living icon and legend. Uh, very, 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 very prominent here in Hollywood, Los Angeles, in the music industry. Adrian Miller. Hi, Adrian. Thank you. Uh, that is 100% independent and built with these hands. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's a blessing. It's a blessing. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. On it. You Thank know, this you. is a uh, long time coming that we can share this moment. So I appreciate you even wanting to offer the opportunity. Thank you so much. Yes, for sure. It has been a long time coming. We've been talking about this forever when it was actually conceptual, an idea. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, back when I was at the Watermark, when we were pitching television shows to WME. (laughs) That was a moment ago. (laughs) A moment. 2010. You know, so Wendy World Daily was just a blog, um, a Tumblr blog. Um, fashion, entertainment, fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. And I basically took the brand and um, moved it into the, uh, actually a television space because I had an holding agreement. And then um, when that agreement was no longer, I sound so good. I separated my audio and video and got picked up on iHeart. And so the rest is history. The rest is the history of Wendy. Yes. So Windy Windy World Daily. Windy World Daily. Windy World Daily is living a world daily of entertainment, fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. All that I know so well. Also well. Yeah, also well. So we're going to move on to you, Adrian Miller. And um, Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, you know, the good thing is about your history is that your history began when music was the turn of Los Angeles that defined and made a difference. You are a part of that history and that's hip hop history. Yeah. you. I feel that. Yeah. You were the kickoff. You've seen it all. You've made history and you worked very dedicated behind the scenes. Um, I'm, I know that many know, um, but also on my platform, they're going to even know even more. Um, when you relocated from St. Louis to Los Angeles in 1989, uh, what exactly was your specific goals and your ideas and your vision when you said, I want to move to Los Angeles? How did that all come about? So, um, I got, I got the, uh, the the question, but I'm going to back you back to 1975. Okay, when when you were born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was living in a place called Altadena. Okay, okay. So, you know, it started with being here. Then, you know, the, the St. Louis portion, you know, kind of jumped in after. Like, it was always a back and forth between here and there. Yes. Um, Technically, I was born in St. Louis, raised in L.A., back in St. Louis. After college was the 89, um, 90, the 90s. Oh, okay. I'll say. 
gotcha. so that was the after college movement back back west and it felt like you know i needed to go home mm. i never felt like st louis was not home but it just never resonated with me that i could explore opportunities and especially when it pertained to entertainment because you know i i originally came here and i was going to just be an actor so <laughs> You never told me about that. I never knew yeah, that. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, it was a rough time. And, you know, I, I don't know that I could do that job. I admire people who can take no, you know, who, who accept no more often than not in auditions and stuff. Hey, I, I my hat goes off to you because I'm a, I'm a boss. <laughs> and it's hard to get, get somebody to, I mean, you know, I hear no like everybody else. But to me, I didn't have this mentality then. I didn't carry this, this, uh, I don't know how you say this, this, this qua was not in me. <laughs> so um, I just couldn't take it. And now I act like I'm in the record business. Right. But yeah, to answer your question, um, it, all, all arrows pointed to being in Los Angeles and being a part of um what I enjoyed most. And at the time it was acting. The music only happened because I like to go dancing. I enjoyed being a dancer and being a part of, you know, my, my crews and my friends and, you know, that, that kind of thing. And you also have plenty of great events as well. I, you produced a lot of great events. I definitely have my fair share of fun times with friends. You know, I, I will never take the full credit, but I will always say some of my best friends, you know, I was just talking to Jason Winborn the other day mm. and Jason and Troy, they don't recall me being a, you know, a player partner with them. They recall me being a guy who snuck into their event. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, but, you know, throwing events was, a uh, it was definitely part of the production of uh, being scalable as yes. a business owner and operator. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so basically 1975, Altadena, and then you returned back home, family, and then you de then you decided, okay, well, I'm going to come back into L.A. and hit the ground running. So yeah. let's start with, um, because I remember it was Farside. Yeah. I remember Farside. And then I also remember when Steve Rifkin launched Immortal. Or Loud. Loud, you had it right in the thing. But, right, but it was Immortal first before Loud. For me, but he launched Loud. Happy and Amanda had Immortal. Well, why did I always think Steve was a part of that? Because but, I, I, used to, I brought Steve in to do work for the company when I went there. Okay. But I left, I, when I left Steve, I went to work at Immortal. Okay. But I just, yeah. I, I remember that it was a combo, though. It was a combo situation going. Yeah, because I was, you know, working with Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. And artists like Han Soul mm -hmm. and Twista mm -hmm. and the Licks. Yeah. And Loud and, and Madcap, for that matter. I remember. All those acts. It, there was a crossover when... We were doing the events. There was a crossover with the marketing. There was mm -hmm. always a crossover, especially if it meant I, I had to kind of do a service for Steve mm -hmm. or I felt like his company could be a, of service to what we were doing when I left and went to Immortal. Right, right. That was the one, that was the one thing Rifkin had over us was a little like, 
you know, I stronghold over you. You will bring me business if you ever leave me. <laughs> well, you know, he was good at what he did. You know, his dad yeah, being absolutely. Fred and his history as a agent, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it all goes hand in hand. He, he got it honestly. So, yeah. but the good thing is, is that you were part of the roots of both you know, historical businesses that was a major launching pad in the music industry and hip hop, you know, for Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, we, we definitely, uh, we made a mark, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I would have to agree. And so, cause the last time I actually seen Steve was when I relocated to New York and I went to uh, Loud's Christmas party in New York. And I was like, you know, I was shocked to see him and I didn't even know that he even, it was even in New York. I was like, Steve, what are you doing here? He was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I'm on Wall Street now. Well, Steve has a very interesting history himself, you know, um, that I have have to admit, I intertwine with his history even now. We're doing business to this very day. Oh, good. So, yeah, you know, I I try to say, A, in touch and in, in, in queue with the individuals that helped me get to where I am in life. Mm-hmm. That's the, that, you know, that's why I'm doing this show. Yeah. And I, I, I really appreciate it because, you know, yeah. you know, you know, when I blow up and I have six security guards, I'll let you, you know, speak to me. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. And so, okay. So that's, that's some good stuff. So then you went ahead and you moved on from, Immortal to Warner Brothers. Yeah. Now that was a big, that was a big, you know, move being the fact that Loud was, well, Immortal as well as Loud was predominantly hip hop. So when Mm -hmm. you moved on to Warner Brothers, did your music roster change the genre of music? Did it change or shift? How how did that You know me, Wendy. You know me. I haven't always been a listener of hip hop. I'm I'm an alternative reggae, Caribbean, hip hop, rock. I love I love good music. Yes. It could be jazz. It could be whatever it is. As long as it's good, I'm with it. And then you know, so I did not um, have a problem with being at Immortal. I just felt like there was a ceiling to be an executive at the company, mm-hmm. and the artists could you know they didn't have a ceiling. Mm-hmm. They could go as far and wide as they wanted to go. But, you know, to run a business, you got to kind of have parameters set up. Um, and Happy and Amanda were, they were, I wouldn't say they were um, the easiest people to be a part of a business with, but it was their company. It wasn't mine. Make no mistake about it. No matter how many songs I would write, right. produce records, you know, I, I was a full participant, but I just felt like, to be, and then there's a sidebar that I, I'll tell you about the Warner thing. <laughs> but the opportunity, when the opportunity kind of came to me, uh, and thanks and shouts out to Dan Charnas, Peter Edge, for the, it's kind of making me aware that what I was doing had value, more value than I even saw. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I was asked, if, would I ever consider leaving Immortal? And I was like, uh... <laughs> I like to get I like to get my paper together like everyone else. Right. So that that when that opportunity was brought to me, um, 
I didn't even realize it would have been working with Benny or anything like that. I was more about being able to grow. And, you know, the finding was as an executive, it was actually being able to um, kind of like walk and usher in my culture. The, the culture of what we were doing was so street and so like young that Warner hadn't really, they, they, they had labels, obviously, Tommy Boy, Cold Chill, and Tire. They had, you know, real music out. So I'm not going to say they didn't know what they were doing, but it was a, a long shot from Tommy Boy Records in New York City to connect the dots to what was happening with groups like the Fireside or Freestyle Fellowship in L.A. It right. just didn't connect. And I felt like I could be an, uh, an advocate for that artist, that artistry, and not just the the rappers or the producers or the DJs, but you know the fine art that came out of that time frame too, from mixed media art to the designers. Of, you know, mm-hmm. you know better than me. It was a real um, renaissance that we were a part of, and I felt like you know coming having having a college education, I needed to see what this thing on the ushering into corporate America. I needed mm-hmm. to see what that felt like. And, you know, so the sidebar, I was going to say, I was looking at a magazine in Tulsa where I was at school. It was in St. Louis to Tulsa and back to L.A. So I'm looking at a magazine and, and, and I'm, I'm seeing Benny on the cover with Will. And I think to myself, I'm not that terrible looking. I actually was a grand problem when it came to the acting like so much in fact it's like riding a bike right well you have a lot of personality so i mean i can see it i can remember my lines better than anyone <laughs> i can take a character i can take on a character like you all know well actually you do <laughs> no but you know i i feel like i feel like you know we are all spot on whether or not we cure our skill set mm-hmm. to that is important. And I tell people, if you want to act, it's a skill set that you have to get, you have to stay sharp on it. And I would never tell somebody, oh, I act better than this person. I did it for many months, Mm -hmm. many years. And when I saw that magazine article with Benny and, um, and Will, I was just like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm so out of here. And so it was (laughs) ironic that when I walk in for my first day of work, I'm reporting to Benny Medina. Right. There's a lot of other little things that happened in between that, but I saw my dream and I went for it. The universe. Manifestation. I took the picture picture of him and Will and I was just like, that's going to be me next to him. Yes, indeed. Or, and I didn't have it in particular order. Maybe it was me next to Will or maybe it was Will, you know, me as Will next to Benny. (laughs) Either way. (laughs) Yeah, I was with it. I was like, I'm out of here. Either way. Okay, so um, working at Warner Brothers, what artists did you work with? Like, who who was some of your uh, music um, artists? Believe it or not, initially they were cleaning house, so there we would sit in these long, arduous meetings, and I can't forget, you know, those meetings because they were called the A and R acts mm-hmm. meetings. So we were in there to cut groups off of the label, not add to it. And, uh, you know, shouts out to Ian Alexander, who, when, whom, when I got hired on the West Coast, he was my East Coast constituent. Yes. So Ian, myself, Peter Edge, oh my gosh, it was so many real record guys now 
that were in that room, Carrie Gordy, Vinny mm-hmm. Medina, um, just so many. And I, I can recall sitting next to, to uh, Bob James, mm-hmm. you know, the jazz musician. Mm-hmm. Bob was an A&R guy at Warner Brothers at the time. And Bob goes, these meetings are just getting longer and longer. And I said, yeah, but are they really thinking about dropping Ray Parker Jr.? What? And then they look at me and say, well, you think he's going to make another Ghostbusters? And I'm like, first of all, I wasn't here when he made Ghostbusters. You guys had the heyday. Second of all, yes, it's Ray Parker Jr. I'm in love with the other woman. Ghostbusters was banging, but his career. And like Bob James is sitting right next to me. And I know for a fact that the Souls of Mischief are trying to clear his record for their new album. And they don't know him. And I'm like, yo, Bob, you know, my guys are trying. He's just like, well, just on the, that was before email. So he was like, just make sure I get a, a copy of it. You know, give me a dad or whatever the cassette was business. And yeah, I tried to help. That, that didn't happen. But I got a chance to remix records for print. Mm. A lot of people don't know that because wow. there, there was a recent rumor that Prince didn't let people touch his music. Kerry mm-hmm. Gordy was on CNN. I love Kerry. Kerry's my big brother. And he said this on CNN. And me, I'm like watching him live on CNN say, well, Prince would never let anybody like, you know, Teddy Riley, no way in the world. Nobody could touch his record. And he was right. Prince didn't. But he did once. And it was because... Um, it was when he was in that in the wearing slave on his face, and right. They basically put me in a rock and a hard place, and was just like, "Can you get this done?" And I love Prince, so I'm like, "Absolutely, just let me at him." And he, it was a no, it was a no, it was a no until I finally got what I what I was asking for, and it was really um, uh, Jay Swift that did the far side. Oh, so my connection to yeah. the far side. I had Jay Swift do a remix. QD3 did a remix, and um, Grand Jury. I had Gerald do a remix. Wow. That's when I was managing at Grand Jury Entertainment. Yeah. I was working with Mike Conception at the time. Yes. With Gene Wiz. Yeah. That that was um, a big deal to do a remix on a Prince record when he's running around saying Slays. So I brought... You know, I brought my hip hop into the the R and D pop world, and I was learning how the labels operated. So, you know, it wasn't like I was hands on with any particular artist until I actually signed. I signed like three things over there at the time, but at, until I had signed something, which was like a yeah, almost two years in, I just worked with the artists that were signed to the label, and it was everybody from Shaka Khan, Rick Rubin. Oh, God, everybody that you could think about, I would just be like going down a list going, uh, I'm going to call Ray Parker Jr. today. Right. And go and go work with him. Well, we're going to make it real easy for the music industry. Well, any part of the industry. The fact is, is that the industry is basically revolving chairs. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, um, like the statement you had posted on your Facebook that I had to screenshot it and save it in terms of those, you know, legends. Like myself, thank you for mentioning me. Absolutely. You know, we've a lot of us have worked so hard behind the scenes, they really don't know the powers that be that have played chess, you know, on the board. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And this business is revolving chairs. You either, you know, you, you elevate, you stay, you sustain, and you evolve. Um, if you cannot be any of those three, then you dissipate. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So with you, yeah, I remember when you were at Warner Brothers and the offices were em becoming empty and you were part of that team that closed it up. Um, yeah. I myself was one of the people that worked under um, outsourced, came in and worked with Mitch Rotter, okay. um, the SVP of marketing for, you know, Universal headquarters under Jim mm -hmm. Urey when um, technology was becoming to be very significant and um, they were letting go a lot people, of folks. Yeah, people were getting phased out. Yeah. And you know, so you know, well, I have two hands when you have one email. Right. So I was basically part of that team. So I helped launch, you know, well, transfer um, uh, different music labels into Universal as a whole mm -hmm. and then using the old mainframes and combining them and they um, making their music become digital so they could be have their business competitive um, uh, in regards to Apple Music, making sure that they would monetize uh. in a very early time. So I was part of that team that was inputting the information um, for the digital team. No one knows Very that cool. either. But I worked no, with I worked with Mitch Rotter and now Jim they can Beardy. now they can know. Yeah, I was part of the digital. You know, that's why I worked on Wall Street because I was part of the digital team that launched American Express Brokerage. So very yeah. cool. Yeah, so that's great. That's really great history. And so another piece that you were very integral, a very integral part in. <clears throat> Uh, Los Angeles writing rap pages a love that was your handle and Still you is. were you were a huge um, you were a writing influencer before writing influencers with I, you know I, I felt like you know it was it was my duty to uh, document and you know instinctively I wanted to tell our our story from from where I was at you know my landing pole said that hey we are in a space and time right now that if we don't speak on it and you know again I have to give props to the people who came before me that I would pay attention to um Brian Cross Actually, Brian was more uh, during my era, but, you know, shouts out to David Wallach, Maddie C., um, Doug Young. You know, Doug Young to told the story of Los Angeles through editorial that taught me so much. And I was learning about NWA moves, the behind the scenes moves of McCola. And the coming of Eazy E, mm -hmm. just by reading what Doug was saying, and I'm in I'm in college, like I got to get back home. My mentality <laughs> was absorb the information from the Source magazine, which Doug was a you know he was a regular writer. And there. you introduced me to Source, Rap Pages, 
as well as Vibe. I ended up going to Vibe Magazine's party, mm -hmm. La Brea and Hollywood at that, that club that was at the corner. Right, um, right, right. But that's how I ended up going to that particular party and being introduced wow. to Vibe. And I still, I still have all of my copies. I have copies of Source with Ice wow. Cube on the cover with Priority when Shaq mm -hmm. was at Priority. I have those yep. copies. I have all my copies of Vibe from the beginning to the West Coast, East Coast. I can, I can keep them all. Yeah. And I have yeah. the original copy of Rap Pages that you gave me. With Snoop oh, wow. on the front, I have those. Yeah, so you I cannot like... have them. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll just take a picture. That's my new thing. I yeah. just digitize. You can take um, a snap. Oh no, you cannot because that's NFT properties. <laughs> but well, anyways, somehow, go ahead. Somehow, I, I, I'm gonna let you keep it. Then I'm just glad you have it. I'll negotiate. You know, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just interested in making sure that our um, our voices from the perspective of things that I felt needed to be written about. And it's so funny. I got into it with a, what was a rapper? High C. Mm. They, ha they had me as an A&R guy listening to music and judging whether or not the music was worthy of other people to hear it. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want this job. And Daryl at, at Rap Sheet was like, you, you need to be the person who tells these guys if they're whack or not. And I took it, I took it straight up and I, you know, on the chin and I would tell people, you know, this record is probably not worth your time, but you might want to check it out anyway, just to see if I'm on point. Right. And high C was so hot with me. <laughs> and I told him, I said, look, bro, I really, and I said it in the, you know, luckily I wrote it. I said, um, I really preferred your style before you tried to change it and get a little harder. And I don't think that that's who you are. And he never like made another record as big as his first one, which was like his record, as we used to say, was from Party Down. Right. His first joint was from Party Down, and then he tried to go into some gangster business, and I was like, "Bro, that's not it." And you know, then he tried to run up on me like they would run up on sound men and, and all kinds of like you know journalists and stuff. And I was like, "Where are you at?" He's like, "I'm in Compton." I was like, "I'm around the corner." <laughs> I'll come right over. Right. And, you know, we saw each other face to face and he was just like, oh, you, you're not a punk. And I was like, first of all, we're not, we're not built to take art and be where we can't communicate through it. Like, I think I really put him up on game in an era where people were beating you up because you said something whack about their record. <laughs> I was saying something distinctively different and I was, I was really articulating that he could really win if he takes a lane. If he would have listened, just took his lane, that's what I was trying to kick to him. Like, you can be Montel Jordan before him. Right. And he didn't hear that as logic. What he heard was what he heard. And then, it, I, you know, he caught feelings about it. And I was like, but since then, I love High C. That's my bro. And, you know, like 20 years later, you tend to be friends or you don't. And yeah. we chose the friendship route. But yeah, I was just writing stuff about, you know, from the heart. I think I had a regular, oh, something I was super proud of. It was called The Shit List. Yeah. That, he made my shit list. And it wasn't <laughs> always bad. But each week, Wendy, each week I would fax. I would fax out to the industry 
my shit list. And it was just basically the updated news of all things hip hop from East Coast to West Coast. From anyone I spoke to that would say, hey, you could talk about that, I would cover it. Right. And it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun time. It put me in a pivot of information. And, you know, information is key. Yes, so it is. It was, real, it was a cool time be, being a writer. I feel like you never stop writing. Right. But, but I, I actually did. Like, I don't sit and write. You could see some stuff here right. and there, little blurbs from me on Instagram. But I'll let uh, Danielle Smith and uh, those types. Yeah, over. but you you are an amazing um you're an amazing writer and I think that's what today's society is missing is traditional writing and writing about, you know, whatever genre in music. I think it's very important because that's where there's a huge missing gap. Um because like I re I receive your newsletter and so, you know, with your artists and what's going on, you know, mm -hmm. with artists mm -hmm. But I'm opening it, and I'm looking for your writing, and I'm like, "Oh no, yeah, I'm no, looking, I'm but I'm looking." I'm just giving it. Yeah, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'll start something like a little, uh, you know, list that I used to do. I'm I really not that think you should. I, I honestly, I really think you should because it's not. I, it's not happening. I am really. Yeah, well, thank you, Wendy. I'll, I'll take that, and I'm humbled. I just have found a better way to make a platform for the youth. I know. And that's so, the problem because they, well, I don't even want to go into politics and start. I don't want to turn into the old a love and having to describe one, how I feel and see things because I don't right. want no one, you know, messing with my doorman trying to, you know, run up on me, <laughs> but you know, I just think, right. yeah, I know. But what I do believe is that it's really, I really think you should consider writing, whether if you're writing made simple, but I think that you really hold keys to a lot of gems that this new world and environment we live in would be very helpful. Well, you know, it, the, the platform for um, articulating the stories that exist now Mm -hmm. has changed immensely. You know, sh again, I'll give a shout out to my good dear friend, Dan Charnas, who just wrote the book on Dilla that's out and it's circulating on right who? now. So on Jay Dilla. Jay, Jay Dilla. Jay, Jay Dilla. Do I know that Dilla, person? Yeah. You should, because Jay Dilla is a force of nature um, in, in programming. And I he's see. got fans. Fans of his are like Questlove, okay, Q-Tip, and these are people he wrote. So was this with. radio so, programming? No, 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 no. So Jay Dilla um, is a you know beat makes beats. Oh, got you. And my, Dan Charnis wrote a book about Jay Dilla being such an influence and impactful in the music scene in music business. And you should do a little research on that because I think people who okay. don't know about Jay Dilla, um, I, I never worked with Dilla because I did the first Far Side project mm -hmm. and he came along on the second one. Right. But he was around and Lamar, my, you know, my cousin that I yes. lived with, he and Dilla were cool. I personally didn't rock with Dilla, but Dan later on became, he was Dan signed me to a record deal. So not only was he my A&R guy, 
he later became, you know, a wide uh, renowned author. Mm-hmm. And this, this new book just came out not even a few weeks ago. And it's getting heralded as a real masterpiece. And it talks about everything from not just the people who say kind things about Dilla, mm-hmm. but it talks about the syncopation of life, mm-hmm. how that goes. Because Dan also is a, a yoga instructor. He also is a, um, he's got so many accolades. I'm, this is going to turn into the Dan Charner show, but you got to know <laughs> my friends, I'm super proud of them. So my A&R guy wrote a book on Dilla. He wrote another book about the music business. And he is a yoga instructor, and I knew him before he was, and he is a professor at NYU. Oh, wow. He teaches at the the Clive Davis School of Music, and I have taken one of his course studies there in person. Um, I attended one of his classes. I didn't take the whole course. That's awesome. I don't have to. But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, like, I'm around people. But you spoke there. Didn't you spoke no, that, that was at SC. Okay. All I, all I said in Dan's class was hi. Okay, got you. Because <laughs> he tried to put me on the spot in the room, and I was like, no, boy. And speaking of Farside, let's take a, a quick glimpse before I move into Zion with the <laughs> artist that you worked with from 89 to the launch of Zion. Hmm. 30 seconds. Okay. 30 seconds. Uh, Freestyle Fellowship. Ice Move 7. Volume 10. Han Soul. Twista. Madcap. The Licks. Farside. Razcaz. Uh, JMD and the Underground Railroad, Funk Dubious. I'll stop there. What about the alcoholics? I said the licks. Oh, okay. I licks. Well, I just know the whole word. I don't know half of the word. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's the licks, baby. It's the licks. Okay, but we're missing one more. Between Farside and the licks, there was another one. Uh, exhibit. Exhibit. Um... And, and and technically X is my boy, but he he will say, well, Adrian never signed me, and I didn't. But he was around, and we were all, you know, the get down was right. Maybe you're thinking of Volume Ten, Pistol Grip Pump on my lap at all times. Right, but then what about the one artist? It was, and he was great. Um, Hispanic artist. Are. They're all great yeah. artists. His, he was Hispanic. Funk Dubious. Was it Funk Dubious? Yeah. And then... Yeah. Okay. I knew... It was, it was definitely Funk Dubious. Yeah. Okay. Chino XL came afterwards. Okay. Yeah, but I yeah, just but, know that they were all great all great artists. Yeah, it was, it was a moment in time where music... It's interesting because working with Hans Soul, Hans was fresh off a Sony deal going into what became Loud Records, he was signed to Being Little Kids. If you remember before Zion, which is a great parlay. What about the Roscoes? Did you work with the Roscoes? No, 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 no. no. They were were a part of the far side thing with Jay Swift. Right. But Lamar, my cousin did that. He was, mm -mm. no. When he decided to go with Jay Swift, 
I went over with Hans and did my deal at Loud. They did their deal at Tommy Boy. You know, um, I was going to add that it was so many little things that would come from uh, the adventures of us making these projects. Yes. Hans Soul says, I want you to meet somebody because I want him to co-manage me with you. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Kevin Lyles comes to Los Angeles for the, you know, to meet me and says, you know, I manage Hans. And I'm like, I manage Hans. He, he was sticking his chest out. And I was like, sticking my <laughs> chest out. And then he was like, well, can you, can you show me what's up with LA and why you so good at what you do? And I took him for a street teaming run. And he goes, street team. I'm like, yeah, it's what we do. Yes. He was just like, oh, I could take this back to the East Coast. I was like, they already do it. Right. He's like, no, they they don't they don't do it like this. And I'm like, that boy was the best street team from the East Coast. Who's that? Who who whoever whoever done it from the East Coast was Bad Boy had the best street team in my opinion. So that's a whole well, other discussion. They they definitely learned how to do what they did by watching. SRC PMP Loud Records. Okay. We laid we laid the foundation for Bad Boy. And I don't Yeah, want to because say, of BMG under BMG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was all con- it was very yeah. much connected whether people understood it or not. Right. Or like I say Kevin Lyles got a job at Def Jam learn learn how to do street teaming from a little old me. Yes. And I saw Kevin, you know, maybe 2 weeks ago and he forgot I hired John Stockton and introduced him to John Stockton. <laughs> wow. Wait a minute, it gets better. It gets better. Because you know Amani Duncan. Yes. Amani fresh out of college. That's my little sis. <laughs> I'm like, you want to go And John was training? fresh out of Northridge. Yeah, but John had been an intern for me. Yes. So I was I was all about putting the artist in a position, putting my people in position. I was in an independent game. I was I was pretty much a human resource for people who wanted to hire. Well, it was you. It was you and Matt and Matt Jones and your boy. He's such a sweetheart. Um, You guys work together. You guys were also best friends. What's his name? Kelsey. Who are you talking about? Kelsey or Fade? Fade and Kelsey, but Fade, Fabian. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, again, and that's big bro. Yes. Um, we, we were, we were a different breed in the business as it correlated to, so Matt worked at Motown and Faith yeah. left loud when I left loud Faith went to Interscope yeah. to start their rap music department. What we would all do, it was unsaid without cell phones. We would communicate with one another, help one another, get our artists out there in scene. If Matt was having an issue with uh, trends of culture, he could pick up the phone and call me, and I'd give him a list of DJs he should talk to <laughs> to get his numbers in a place. And Fade would, Fade could literally say, I'm going to pull back on my Tupac thing this week a little bit in that area so you can have a little shine, my friend. Yes. We, we were working together. No artists knew this. No old school Negroes in position at the guard table of r&b music yes they didn't know this you know whatever yeah but that's why you all were so successful so successful and then 
you guys were always come together and and your energies were so great and that i think that's one of the reasons why i mentioned yeah you know you all not knowing what you just said but i I knew that it was a great synergy with you all it was never from a place of how much money are we going to get i'm not saying there weren't people about their business i most certainly was not I was not about my business. I was about everyone else's business and how I could help them move their thing forward. Absolutely. You know, one, one, one day it just dawned on me, maybe you want to uh, pay attention a little bit more, Adrian Miller, because you could lead by example. <laughs> and you are. How about that? Well, so, that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. So then, um, I, with all that said and the foundation that you built for yourself as a, a business professional, and being passionate about art, um, like you were mentioning with High C, like artists, some artists, they're artists, but they don't know about the fundamentals of art. And there is a fundamental when it comes to art. You know what yeah. I mean? And understanding yeah. you don't have to beat up the writer or the journalist or the media rep because of their spoken voice, but to understand the art that comes behind the the mastery of thinking about well, you know sometimes sometimes people do not know how to say what they mean and they get themselves in a world of trouble and you know i've been fortunate enough that i stand on what you know a lot of people say oh, i stand on what i mean i say uh, for 30 plus years i stand on what i say Absolutely. And you could see me. You could see me about it having roscoe's well maybe not roscoe's these days because i'm <laughs> plant-based Right. Like you can stand, you know, I, I stand on what I'm saying and I'll back it, I'll back it down with logic. And mm-hmm. if you're not hearing me with logic, you, you're definitely then on a frequency that you ain't hearing nobody with logic. Right. It's not just me. I don't, I don't feel so special then. And then I'll let you do what you do best, which is whatever it is you're going to do because you're not going to do it near me. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's also, it's passion. You know, you have yeah. a true passion for this business and you understand it. Um. So. With all that said, being um, very um, confident, understanding the business, understanding the art, and understanding operation of uh, entertainment corporation plus label, Zion comes to life. Bingo. Yeah. Zion comes to life. So are you enjoying your journey and running your own business, Zion? Because it's a firm. You're a, a, you're a firm. One, one man, you're a firm. <laughs> it, um, it, is, it, is, uh, it is a firm with an interesting cast of um, united board of directors that have helped me and guided me, you know, um, I, I thank Marie DuVernay. I thank Carrie Lynn. I thank Fabian DuVernay, E. David Ellington, Lamar Algie, Matt, uh, Matteo Capluango, my friends, you know, Jordan Bucky, Kelsey Maxwell, Dorian Banks. My <laughs> friends have come to the rescue for a dream that I had over 20 years ago, which has enabled me to continue the journey as an independent entrepreneur. And I'm so blessed to be in a place where, you know, 
David would say to me, you got to get a URL, not a company. You got to get a URL in the 90s. He would say to me, you got to get a URL that's five letters or less. See if you can do that. And I had one. <laughs> I had mp3.com. Wow. And I let it go. Mm-mm-mm. I just abandoned it, as they say. Um, I wasn't collecting them to sell them, but mp3.com sold for over 50, 50 grand the first time it sold. Um, and it just kept becoming a real estate. I, I lost my mind. I should have did a lot more. Uh, but I had uh, Being Little Kids. I had Hear No Evil Sounds. I had WorldWideHeavyweight.com. I remember that. And a few that. others. That, that was the, the, the distro company that Jordan and I did before Zion. It actually gave legs to Zion and me starting it. Uh, but when I, when I came up with Zion, I'm thinking most high, because I probably was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking about the X and Y generation. And I said it out loud. I go, X and Y generation, I own. I'm, I'm on. I'm in. Zion. And it just snapped. And I go, oh, that's what it's got to be. And I said, I'm never going to get this URL, xyion.com. <laughs> I'm never going to get it. And I got it immediately. And that's, I've never let it go. Nice. I've never abandoned it since. So, you know, to me, it's an, it's an opportunity for us um, to stay enchanted with our youth, to believe in our dreams, and to um, never, never, ever stop your joy. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, that, that's so you is. are loving Zion. Zion has been very, very good to you because there's so much love from the beginning of Zion. So, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, I'm starting this company so I can sell it. I'm, I started this business out of, you know, didn't have a job. So, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you either get it out the mud, as they say. Or you, you don't. And I'm, you know, you're, I'm, a, I'm like you. I'm going to go get her. Yes. I'm going to just get out there and go get it. You ain't got to tell me twice. At it's all. Time for, it's time. Hey, I'm going to know about lunch tomorrow. <laughs> right. Whether we go mm-hmm. to Petrosians or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I ain't yeah. even been there. You're going to have to put me up. Oh, it's so good. Petrosians? Yeah. It's I'm caviar. Right it's in West Hollywood. No, no, no. No, listen. I'm going right now. Listen, Petrosians. How much time we got? I'm going. Listen, Petrosians. Uh huh. Say less. I'm I'm there. I got Yelp. You gotta <laughs> say no more. I don't even need you to tell me how to spell it. I'm there. Yeah. Yes, Petrosians. You let me know what you need to order, and I'll let you know what you. I'm there. I, how I'm you, not, I can I'm give you some caveat. No, no, no. Petrosians is, I don't even want to give them advertisements. So, uh, okay, well, even though they're no, my favorites. No, 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 no. You actually want to give them advertisements. So you can send them a clip of the show of how much you actually genuinely like I their do. food. That you're recommending it to somebody who's going to go right now. This is your clip. Okay. They need to insert you guys their hear that? Right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Petrosians, well, get on in here. 
I'm yeah, tell the Petrosians is great. Well, actually, Petrosians is a caviar restaurant. It's a caviar oh, restaurant. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's so good. And everything, everything is seasoned to perfection. You don't have so to add you. any salt or any pepper. How do I like sushi? And I don't really like caviar. No, you know? Petrosians is gonna is gonna change your mindset. It's gonna okay. give it's gonna give you. Um, I'm I'm down. I'm uh, down. You're gonna have a a, a palate for it going to Petrosians. Okay. So I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. Okay, so all right. Now Zion, mm-hmm. what were your first projects? Well, I'm not going to say it. Uh, my first project was a DVD project called Los Angeles. I've heard of that. So Los Angeles was my attempt at bridging technology, culture, and art. And it was actually a DVD soundtrack. The of places to go, things to do, people to trust, and vices. You put this DVD in, and you wouldn't get lost in Los Angeles. You wouldn't be led wrong or put astray. I would put you on mapping for really good restaurants like Petrojans all over. People to trust. Um, well, well, I gave people a plastic surgeon. So basically, uh, Los Angeles was a Google before Google. But Absolutely. for Los Angeles. With a, with a soundtrack. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's something so, to reconsider. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I never say no to a, a, a darn good idea. And I always try to execute on things that I think are good ideas. And I think that's the difference of being a, a go-getter versus not. Um, yeah, you know, I've been told, you know, my cousin and his wife are always on me about you should do Los Angeles again. And I'm yeah. like, the time in my life of doing it, Wendy, um, it was really hard for me. It was a difficult time in my life. And so I just kind of did it and put it behind me. Well, that- but it came out. It did really good. Yeah. Um, DJ Pooh, I got to say, Pooh gave me my props because he saw it. And he was just like, who are you? Because I was a director. I was a, <laughs> a writer. I was, I, was, I was doing so much to create. You should be saying the same to him. <laughs> no, no. We already knew. You guys have was. a lot in common. Yeah, I like Pooh a lot. He's yeah. Such, he's such a good warm heart. Yeah, he's a great, a great person. He's a great guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, and I like to say, you know, a brother and a friend. Now, we've, we've been in a room with each other for several hours and just laughed at, at, on edge, you know, so... Yeah, I love food. That's my guy. So, Los Angeles, and then following Los Angeles, did you grab some artists? I haven't heard yeah, artists well, yet. Yeah, well, you know, it, it was because it was really, I started uh, Los Angeles, I mean, I started Zion as more of a tech find. And so I was doing more web development and, you know, for other people, I was creating a, a balance where, you could come to me, I could help you with your digital marketing, your social media management, and I could help you create a website if you, you know, so so desired. But I was really just closing the digital divide. And we had projects we did, like I did a national campaign with 
the United States of America um, to help balance the digital divide. And we were given our computers. Um, that that program was called uh, Color of the World, mm. and it was um, it was it was something that Darian Dash put together, and we partnered on. And you know, I was doing a lot of partners. Yeah, yeah. Remember Darian? Yeah, Darian Dash is- yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. It's called Places of Color. Wow. So uh, we we had a, we had an initiative that activated nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing some light street teaming still, mm-hmm. but the balance of Zion was to really reach into the tech realm. And at that time, I wasn't really looking for artists. Mm-hmm. I was closing on a deal from my previous company. And you remember the group. I think they were called Parlay. Yes, Parlay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um Thanks to me. Was yeah. it Parlay? Yeah, that was thanks to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I forgot. But, but, I get a thanks to me. But Parlay was signed to my previous business. Yes. Yeah, like I said, I, I was I was parlaying out of that into yes. this. Yes. And um yeah, it was it was it was fun, but I I had I hadn't set up Zion early on to establish signing artists as much as managing talent. Right. There was a there was a part of the business called Powered by Zion. Yes. Where I was empowering artists and kind of giving a la carte services to establish artists. And that was the era where artists were starting to get, oh, I can do this myself on my MySpace. Right. And I was showing people how to do it mm-hmm. themselves. And then it turned into the rally cry, like Sway and Tech came back around and we started working really closely together. Um, that brought in Chino XL. Mm-hmm. Um, I started working very closely with the guy I had signed to Warner Brothers. His name's LB. Mm-hmm. LB was like, you got to come meet my, my new camp of people. Mm-hmm. And it was Devontae's whole basement so i would go see lb and be with Devonte, and, and and d was always like yo i really think you you know you bright you understand tech you helped me usher my business into the next wave and over there was you know before flavor flavor had flavor of love yes Flav was that he was there every day with them Devonte had everybody around him at any given point and then out the blue, Jodeci would go do a tour. Yeah. So it was just really interesting how his life was over there. But LB's best friend mm-hmm. was a guy named Flo Rida. Oh, wow. He's always, and he's always been Flo Rida. Yes. And so I had a chance to work with and manage Flo Rida. Which I, rem- I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always tell people the story is uh, to be continued because there are more artists that I've worked with that probably were super talented, but just never crossed that bridge of success. Mm-hmm. But in my mind and in my heart and mind, they were, they were always successful, wildly successful, whether they ever blow up or not. And I also have a thing with artists. If I, if I ever say I manage you, mm-hmm. I always manage you. Right. So, so even with Flo's manager, he would get, super irked because Flo would be like, yo, that's my manager. <laughs> and I'm I'm not getting paid. Right. The other manager is getting paid. But you know, it's such a brotherhood. When somebody when it when they realize you're on their side, 
and you genuinely want to see them win, yes, then there ain't nothing that a lot of people won't do to keep you there. Well, you've helped a lot of platforms in the technology space, one being Feed. I, I, yeah. I work um, with Feed. That was another launch, pad, another launch pad, and the whole platform was amazing. Matter of fact, I need to um, get some images of you that I've taken at Feed, at the Feed house. Oh, wow. When you ordered this huge pizza, and I've never seen a pizza so huge. I, I, it was I'll, so funny. I'll send them to I, you and Carol because they yeah, are I can't, amazing. I can't, I can't take all the credit for that, but interestingly enough, that was a good time. Well, it was you, uh, being, John, uh, John Monopoly. Right, yeah. right. Tony De Niro. And Tony, um, yeah. That was, such a, that was such a good time. Yes. Um, it was a lot of fun, too. Yes. It was, again, on the verge of something that, that has eventually turned the corner. We look at it now, and it's called Instagram. How about that? You know, is that crazy? Well, you know, yeah, it's crazy, but I feel still that as much as people try to tell me, oh, people consume music on TikTok, I'm like, for now. Right. Yeah, I, I have my feet t-shirts. I have pictures from feet. I have that yeah. whole, those are really, really great, great, I, I think, great I moments. think the feed concept was great. I think that um, it was a learning experience for of us and it was a balancing of of the time yes but um but, but i think yeah, you guys yeah. were ahead of your time yeah yeah absolutely were. so ahead even before feed you know i worked with a you know i was a partner in world star a lot of yeah yeah so um i helped q launch that and wow. you know god rest his soul mm -hmm. but yeah you know I, again it was tech for me it was art it was being a part of this and, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, it was a part of being of my own community. Yeah, it was a culture, but this was my community. And I felt compelled to be um, proactive and an advocate for everything. So, Yes. Well, it's some good stuff. So, um, looking at Zion, um, how long did it take for you to hit the ground running to where it's at today? Um, because you have a I great mean, roster, uh, you you got your newsletters going. Um, um, I also know, and I wanted to attend uh, Mariba. She performed at uh, Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. I seen that beautiful sign. I was so proud when I was coming off the freeway, and I just seen just her name centered Mariba at Hollywood Bowl. I was like, wow. I was supposed to interview her, but you know, I missed that. I missed that beat. To me, it's a journey. It's never um, a place where I say, "Okay, I made it. I'm here." Um, you know, it, I started this company again so that I I put a stamp down of my capacity and. You know, I, I still haven't quite learned what that is yet because right when I think, oh, I got this figured out a little bit, it, it becomes unhinged like no other. And in, a, and in its capacity of being a manager, a business manager for young entrepreneurs, you really want people to feel like they can trust your word, 
They can trust your bond. But you also want people to be able to manage their own expectations. And when you have folks who just have lofty ideas, they've never done business, they don't have a clue in the world about how to hold the untangled wedges together, that is where you have to have understanding, a different psychology. Um, but, but all in all, I'd like to think that personally, when you think of Zion, you think of quality. You think Absolutely. of you think of something that you can count on. And, you know, I, I feel like that's my my tangible asset that no one else has. It's my secret sauce. That and I, I really think another thing they really need to focus on, um, even though you know you're very humble and you've always, you know, you've done so much. You got so, you got a lot of billable hours in this industry. And I'm going to say that. Billable hours. You've put a lot of labor and a lot, a lot of labor of love into your projects, into people. And you really, mm-hmm. um, you've come a long way. And even though your approach is still humble as if you've never executed all this great work that you've done over time, um, I should say personally that individuals really also need to uh, trust who you are because you know. The knowing is so important these days (laughs) because people they're 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 walking blind you know it's like blind leading the blind and so um yeah i think um history now means more than ever and i think you personally and professionally saying even during this interview um they really need to take and check you know your legacy because you know you come first hand, first value. So you're not thinking, maybe you are, I'm not saying that you don't, but I think that legacy means everything. Um, because as far as myself, with all the experience that I have, which is mm-hmm. a lot, um, mm-hmm. coming from working for Michael Ovitz, being one of his assistants out of six from CAA, from, from Paramount, from 20th Century Fox, from running my own business, you know, we both was, on the front lines, but I don't give anyone my airtime anymore. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have this talk show, Windy World Daily, because it means my legacy and my billable hours in this business. And being a woman, you know, I'm trying to hold on to my youth and my glow as long as possible. (laughs) And I don't have time. I'm not saying I don't have time because I'm still passionate, but in terms of me, you know, trying to make these people you don't, understand you don't have time the to business. Wait. You don't have time to wait. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. I can't I do it. it. You know, so Windy World Daily is about speaking to individuals like I, like yourself that I know, that I know that put in the time and the energy and the effort from the beginning of time. Yeah, well, well, with outlets like this, I think that um, my legacy is kind of even dipped a little bit more further in, Um, you know, talking to people who know, I, I learned so much about what happened in that 
between then and now. Yeah. Because I, I, like I tell people, I've forgotten about more than you're going to ever learn. Yeah. So, <laughs> so those, the talent that you, you know, that you are bringing onto your roster and you're, you're coming fresh and new of the, 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 the 2022s and, you know, they don't know that the talent really don't know that they're talking to the Quincy Jones of the nineties. You understand? Like you have legacy. Whoa. Whoa. Do you get uh, it? Hey, do you get it? No, 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 no. I am. I am so, I'm so grateful that I have the platform to speak from. And again, you know, whether I'm this or whether I'm that, I know that Edna is alive and well, and she knows. Edna Sims? No, no, no. Ed, Edna, my grandmother. Yes, okay. She's she's super proud um, of the grandson she raised. And, yes. you know, for, for me, when my mom says, you know, I love you, these are the things that just make me say, that's it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And so if there's more to come, I've been told, you know, hey, you got to write a book and this and that. And I, that would be something I would be interested in. Yes. Um, but at this point in my life, I just enjoy taking it day by day. You know, I'm not in a rush to get anywhere. And God willing, you know, we'll see light at the end of the tunnel for a little bit longer. Yes. Well, my thing is with these new clients that you bring onto your roster, because mm -hmm. one thing I was really, really looking for on Zion dot com as humble as you want to be, I think there needs to be a bio about who oh, there, is. Oh, there is. There, I, there I, is. This is. The reason you didn't find it just blatantly is because I didn't do it, and I and I intentionally put it somewhere where you have to kind of find it. It's on it's the bio. My bio is on the, the actual uh, website, but um. Am I the click click on the your icon? You sitting? Am I supposed to click on it? Okay, all right. Because that'll take that'll take you to the bio. Got you. Um, there, was, was, there was there was a there was a bio written about me. It's not all the way. Um, sorry about that. It's not all the way. Um, what I would say completed, but it it's fine and it, it's a Wikipedia. And so it's yeah, I, I mean, I've read I've read your Wikipedia and it's very straight to the point, which is great. Um, I, don't know, yeah. I don't know if I want to add to that. Yeah. It's, it's very straight. It's very straight to, to the point. I might, I might update it, but you yeah. know, like, no, no, no. It's, it's so on point. It's so on point in terms of high level notes for me, it was high level. Yeah. Notes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's all good. I just really think that clients that's, coming into Zion and knowing who Adrian Miller is, they really need to know that they're speaking and they're sitting with legacy, you know? Well, maybe I have to have someone like Wendy World Daily help me do this transition because it's not a service that I do for myself. I know, well. I know that. I was that. joking when I said my PR said it was approved. There is no PR. <laughs> oh, but when you said it, I was okay with that, honestly. <laughs> I was so okay I'm the PR. with but I'm PR. honestly, I was so okay with you responding saying that 
Because I get it. Yeah, yeah. So but now you know, you know I was joking. But you I know, respect it, even even though yeah. I've known you 30, 30 plus a couple of more years. I respect that because of your time that you put in becoming the person that you are today, regardless well, of you, me. Well, you you should expect that I don't have PR because I'm a clown full time and I enjoy just being crazy. I know that, but I mean, I still want to, I can still see. In, in keeping in keeping it professional though. Yeah. I, I absolutely appreciate the jobs of the people who have helped me do PR. Yes. And those that have been supportive of me. So this well, is, I can, this is I great. Well, I can still see that, you know, uh, overall. Yeah. You deserve all of that. So I'm just putting it out there. And that's one of the things I wanted to touch on. Um, who were some of your major artists on Zion? Because I see some Grammys back there that's really sitting beautiful. So you want to tell me about those? <laughs> Uh, well, if you see the Grammys, you actually see the artist. It's Anderson. Um, you know, we started off figuring it out and uh, created a, you know, we got to the Super Bowl. So it, it really <laughs> has been a journey. And, um, you know, again, I'm here to take young entrepreneurs from their dreams to their reality. If Absolutely. I can do that, if I can do that a couple of more times, in my lifetime, then I, I will feel like um, I did something else, you know, but that's, that's the exercise. I get up, I listen to good music, I work out, I tend my, my, my day, and I support the artists that I know really deserve my time and energy, and I don't really want to waste my time and energy like you. Yes, I think that's great. Yeah, I, I don't at all. <laughs> um, that's great. So, um, your favorite genre of music, and you were talking about that earlier in our conversation. What is your favorite genre of music? Right now, um, I'm really still into uh, the, this late '70s, early '80s R&B soul. You know, I listen to um, Cameo. I listen to Ohio Players, Roger. Tr you know, I'm I'm sick with the oldies and I can't quite get out of that because, you know, we keep regurgitating and sampling Roy Ayers and, you know, I hear every old record in the new music and I don't necessarily know what they're saying. And so I don't knock the new stuff. Right. I just, I just prefer you say, <laughs> Hey, what are you listening to? I'm listening to the, I was with, um, I was with Michael Harris yesterday and I said, no, no shade on Doja Cat. That's my girl. But are we going to listen to Doja Cat on the way down the hill? And he goes, oh, nephew, I'm I'm tripping. That's just on right now. I said, yeah, let me go ahead and go ahead. And I threw some loose ends on. So for me, I'm so proud of, and here's, here's the rub. So I have an artist, uh, a group called Booty signed to my label. Uh, they're actually artists that I represent right now that will soon become signed to the label. But Booty, were, they were in London randomly, and there was no setup or no thing, but I called Carl McIntosh from Loose End. Somehow Carl hadn't been working and doing anything, but we brought them together. Wow. They have, they have a song with Carl McIntosh. How about Please that? 
please Not believe they have a song with loose ends. And I didn't know 50 Cent was about to make loose ends a big deal all over again with his BMF <laughs> show. When Lamar, yeah. when Lamar on the show decided to kill his homeboy and singing You Can't Stop the Rain, that blew loose ends. But everybody's like, who's this group that he's singing about? <laughs> and it came back full circle. So that to me is the epitome of what I love to do. I love to do that. Yeah. So, and you, know, you it, also it takes you back to. You also have a great artist on your website. I when I opened up your website Zion.com, that was some great music. Tell me about who 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 who's that group? Is it a group? Which one? I mean, it rotates videos. It rotates. So. Well, it was a. It looks like it was Latin Caribbean. Uh, music. Oh, um, that would have been Los Racas, and they are Panamanian duo out of Oakland. You know, mm. um, that I put on my label called Delicious Vinyl Island. So I have a, I have a Caribbean music label as well. We have a few labels um, to put music out on. Delicious Vinyl Island is one of them. OBE is another one. Birthday music is another one. And a tiny universe is another one. Wow. So Zion, Zion is about being a launch pad for even people who want to own record companies. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So I missed the, I, 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 now you tell me about the, now delicious vinyl island. Delicious, delicious, delicious vinyl island. Now those are iconic brands, right? Yes. Yes, that I partnered in uh, uh, many moons ago, like three years ago. I bought into the company and decided we were going to launch, but do it different than what it was before because the far side was undelicious. Yes. As a label, but now we are a label that's doing more Caribbean music. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to give a fair shake to artists in the Caribbean that didn't have access to people like us. Right. I wanted to give, and so that's what we set out to do, and that's what we're doing. So my theme is I want to I want to graduate on to be able to retire at a beach. So every artist has to be working from or near a beach. <laughs> oh man! You have to have vision. Well, we have beaches here in Los Angeles, so I don't know if you're moving to Malibu or if you're going to the Caribbean. And but... and with that said. I did my contribution three weeks ago, if you're familiar with the Cali Vibe show. Yes. Delicious, Delicious Vinyl partnered with Cali Vibe, which is Golden Voice, to do, they have two stages, they have three stages. We did a takeover and we did, the, the, uh, the third stage was the Delicious Vinyl Island stage. We called it the Boom Yard. Wow. And it was, LA Weekly wrote about it and they said it was one of the their favorite parts of the whole concert series. <laughs> so I'm doing things that aren't regular schmegular. Right. But they're fun, they're creative. And I, I again we did it as a platform to the artists that are signed to the label. Mm. Everybody didn't make it into town because of COVID and right. whatever their issues were. But we turned it out and you know well, the I missed that one. It was great for that. Yeah, Leslie killed it. Her daughter killed it. Michael killed it. Our whole team killed it. 
Then you also sent me an invitation. Well, you sent me an invitation about an art show that you were having a month ago. And then you sent me something which I already knew because it's here on my property for uh, Tupac. Now, I missed that because I was interviewing. Well, no, you didn't miss it. We got to reschedule it. And um, I um, recently signed, and I'm very proud to make this announcement right here, um, the producer and writer and technician for Pac, his name's Audio Tone, Tony Bizarro. So I signed Tony. That's great. Um, he, he, he produced Dear Mama. Mm. And so we just uh, put ourselves into an alliance together, and he, I'm managing him. And, you know, we're having a lot of fun, and I'm working with Pooh Bear. That's, that's the birthday music label. Um, we got Pooh Bear's deal over at Def Jam, so I did I helped help get that deal accommodated. Uh, so he has distribution with Def Jam, and so if you got a pop record, I can help you and think about the sensibility with one of the best pins in the game. And, uh, you know, I, just, I, I did a little deal over COVID with a good <laughs> friend of yours, Mr. Teddy Riley. Oh, great. Yeah, so I'm, I, I, if you call me and you need help, I'm your guy. Okay, well, I'm going to call music, you. I need help. If it's about music. <laughs> it's about music. <laughs> I don't know about psychology. Well, I don't, well, I don't need help in psychology. I'm, I'm good. I think I have it perfected more than anybody in this. I, it, and I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm super, super good. Uh, mm -hmm. Inside and out. Um, well, that's great. Good, good for Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's talented. So, and you guys, you guys were going to do business anyway. At some point we had a discussion and you guys had meetings that you said you guys were going to do something. Yeah, you know, the, the, the thing is I enjoy the, the, um, the finding. Yes. It doesn't always turn out just cause I'm in the middle of it you know, or, or I'm a part of it. it doesn't always turn out to be what it needs to be, but that particular uh, opportunity didn't quite come to fruition. Yeah. But he and I, you know, he's such a, he's, he's an interesting spirit because I, I didn't know Teddy as long as you've known Teddy, not at all. Yeah. And when he was getting his star on the Hollywood walk of fame, mm -hmm. he shouted me out. Yeah. Like, See, what? I missed that, but we made me and CJ made the party though. We ended up going to oh, yeah. his party. We missed, yeah, 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 because I was working. Well, we both were working we, that day. The only thing I did was show up and make sure that, and not just at that venue, but when Teddy says, "Hey, hey, can you show up to the studio?" and it's three yeah. o'clock in the morning, right? I show up. That was nice. And he was just, yeah, he's just appreciative. What and kind of? I don't what, always. What kind of deal did you sign him on? What a music publishing? Oh no, it, it, yeah, it was it was a remuneration. For some songs that he sold and to oh, um, good. he did he did some licensing he didn't sell them but you know right. still good good opportunity and, absolutely you know you you can do that when you own your song absolutely and do I actually was yeah and I was gonna go into that about music publishing if Zion had a music publishing division I know that you have your labels and you're signing deals and clients but do you also have your own music publishing? I do. I have several music publishing companies. Oh, good. In fact, yeah, you know, it's important to to be able to do business 
as a first and foremost, as you said earlier, I'm a writer. Little do they know I am actually a writer. You are. And I have and I have written some some records that have been wildly successful. So I taught myself publishing and I still got a lot to learn about it. Yeah. But um, you know, working with the likes of a Steve Prudhomme. Yes. And and How Big is John. Steve? I haven't seen Steve and it's I saw Steve a week ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, that's family. Why I haven't seen Steve. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so you're just, picking up so many old names. I'm like, blast from, yeah. blast from the being past. In, being in that world, and it's so funny because, actually, I'm supposed to have a conversation with a, a gentleman by the name of Ryan Press, mm-hmm. who is um, up over Warner Chapel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've historically had not as many opportunities on the publishing side as we do. Even the limited record deal opportunities, it's even more limiting on the publishing side. Mm-hmm. And I don't just think about publishing as a perspective of the song. Right. I think about the sheet music. I think about um, the licensing opportunities from it. Mm-hmm. I think about the performance opportunities from, you know, I'm thinking about it from so many different sides. And I want the artist. That's something that I want the artist to learn. But I also represent authors. So, that's another side of the publishing business when you start to talk about, you know, media conglomerates and what they do. I'm doing it from a very small scale, but it's 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 not dodgy. It's it's on point. Right. I'm working with people that bring me joy. So, you know, it's it's a lot to say. So when I say different publishing companies, I pretty much only deal with my publishing and then I have a publishing company that deals with all the music stuff. Got you. In but terms above of and beyond, in terms there, of administration. Another, Correct. Yeah. For, for for anybody, so that yeah, you can you can live, learn, grow, and earn. Right. Absolutely. One thing yep. I I love and I see with Zion, it's it's definitely a monetizing business. What do you, you mean? Know, monetizing business meaning that you have you know your hands in on a lot of scope. Uh, industries that's monetizing. Well, I, yeah, I I want to not have the opportunity of any business, whether it's international trade, whether it's an exchange of I, ideas, which you know you have to bring proof of concept to, and create the business around it, or or whether it's publishing. I think that you have to be limber. And uh, something that came up last night, the word scalable. Right. You have to be scalable. You have to be able to scale your business and really know what it is to do that. A lot of people don't think like that um, or they wouldn't know how to think like that. And I tell them that your job as an artist is not to do every job. Right. Your job as an artist is to be an artist. Have smart people around you that you trust and you can't get trust if you don't take the time to learn who's what. So that's why I work. I keep my head down. I, you know, on occasion, I'll talk to people such as yourself. Yes, thank but, you. you. Know, I don't feel like I have to give away the secret sauce because we working so hard every day trying to make, make ends meet well, and be smart about the opportunities. Well, that, and know. not only that, I mean, your secret sauce isn't something that could be, uh, the recipe isn't, you know, something that you could read and make and 
in an hour. Your secret sauce comes from 30 years of perfecting and mastering. Yeah. So well, I, I, I do my best at my best acting job at being a, a wise older man. Yes. Well, <laughs> and, just you know, say a man. <laughs> I, I do my best at being wiser and older, you know, right. know that, I've, that, that, that the maturation has taught me something. Yes. And I can pass that and I can pass that along to open ears because everybody's yes. not open to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if they're not, it's their loss. That's how you have to look at it. And that comes with legacy. Yeah. Um, the next question, um, what was very peculiar is when I was looking at your roster, I seen Ben Crump and I'm like, oh, this is exciting. So tell me about this relationship and what exactly are you doing uh, with attorney Ben Crump? Uh, he's a, a civil activist as well as protecting uh, you know, civil yeah, ben, rights ben, and Ben is a is a social justice advocate that, you know, gets out and really activates where we don't always have a voice. And, you know, one of his his quotes is speaking truth to power. Um, I I came to know Ben through the one of the my uh clients, uh Lolita Files and Ben are really close friends. And, you know, I was asked to help Ben kind of usher in on his management duties for his entertainment sector and he's such a warm soul and you know being around him it's it's interesting because you know a i can call ben crump get ben crump on the phone you <laughs> agitate me <laughs> but more importantly acknowledging the fact that i can i can hear from ben things that He's making history every day. Yes, he is. And I can hear from him what that's about, what that looks like, how that how that affects me. And, you know, I've never been shy at asking the question. So, you know, when, when the opportunity came up to be of service and be a part of what he's doing, you know, I absolutely brought him into the fold and was responsible for making sure that he had a look with our team and I don't, you know, once, once they're in the fold, I don't deal with them on the day to day and, you know, life goes on, but he has several businesses and entertainment that he does. And he is not only just working as Ben Crump, the, uh, you know, the attorney for social justice, he's Ben Crump, the producer, the executive producer. And so, you know, I'm excited to say that Ben and I executive produced, a film that's going to be in the zeitgeist of conversation for a long time called Karen. And yes, it's out now. That was my so next. Ben, ben and I, Ben and I were executive producers on that. And so it's now one more notch of me going in a direction that we haven't even talked about, which is yes. and TV. Um, I'm interested in all aspects of us having a voice and our artists being able to Speak power to truth. And Karen. Speak truth to power. Karen is currently on what streaming? Everything. It's out. That's awesome. Amazon Prime. Yes. Uh, you can you can you can pick it up. I don't I don't think it's still on Netflix, but I definitely know it was on Netflix. Yeah, that's but you know these, I, li I was these licensing deals don't last. 
Right. And, you know, when, when you, when you're an owner, when you're a boss, you can put it wherever you want to put it. Correct. And you, know? you guys so, shot Karen in Atlanta. Yeah. It was shot in Atlanta. Um, earlier you heard me talk about a group called Madcap on loud records. Yes. Well, plus 30 years ago, the director and writer of Karen was in that group. He was the lead person in that group. And so wow. we've never lost contact and I never lose touch with my people because you never know where it's going to come from. So I was happy to be a part of helping him uh, get that film made. And he's such a great writer. I look forward to working with him more. But it, I, I was approached initially to just do the music. And I music supervised Karen as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. So the, music is, the music is on our label um, on a tiny universe for, you know, Karen. Yeah. I'm that's I'm that's very amazing. Proud, I'm very proud of that. Um, and I could keep putting more accolades out there, you know. We well, I already know that I know that you have so. uh, plenty. It's so funny no, for, because for Karen, for Karen, really? Yeah, we did the first soundtrack NFT. Now, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I hope that I hope it's on Crypto.com. It's available Where, now. Where'd you take it to? Crypto.com. Well, it, immersive handled you know all the outings mm-hmm. and they have their own they, they they have their own metaverse so well yeah that's another discussion i would definitely have to dig in and ask more but i'm a well you know i love crypto crypto.com yeah well the the the, the karen the soundtrack for karen was more of a an opportunity for us to see what we could do in in the world of mining and we found that simultaneously with the film we could get we could be in the marketplace in a smart way with a with a soundtrack that's banging i have CeeLo green on it oh my i have uh, code of the friend is on it um gumbo is on it um it's some dope artists like the i i challenge people to find a a, a more current soundtrack that is dope. Like you think mm-hmm. about a film about a crazy white person in Atlanta that's still living decades back in terms of how their mentality is. And this was a true and, story. Well, we already well, no. know. Well, we know no, that the tag for Karen. But, right, that part. But in terms of the script. Was it based on it? Well, we know it's based on a true story, but was it based yeah. on one particular story? So I'm not going to give it away because you haven't seen the movie I see, but I will tell you that if... Um, I will see it. If Jordan Peele and Spike Lee had a baby, the directorial style of uh, Damon is is in the same sensibility. Got so you. He takes, he takes real life things that happen and then put them in the movie. So I, that's all I'm going to do to give it away. That's all you got to tell me. I am going to see it. And the music is banging. And now you don't have to ask what a Karen, no one has to ever ask again. Well, what is a Karen? There's a whole movie. Yeah. Well, we know what, what Karen means. We do, (laughs) but a lot of people don't. (laughs) We know. Believe it or not. It's a lot of people who don't. Yeah. Well, in your current roster, um, can you name some of your up-and-coming music artists? Sure. Um, I think I have already in this conversation and discussion. So um, 
it's a what recap in closing. Well, yeah, there's 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 a group I call them my uh, Hall and Oates chain smokers. They're they're called Booty. Uh, they're 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 just uh, super special songwriters, musicians. Um, same thing goes for Mareba. She is overtly um, talented. She is a voice of an entire generation and an incredible musician on her own. She's currently touring starting tomorrow with Mistego all over Europe. Yeah, that's so beautiful. People can people can catch her website details and uh Mariba Music uh dot com and see her her her, her you know travels. And that's M E R E B A. M E R E B A. Um Maybe you heard of a group called Sonic. They're out and about right now, doing pretty good. Um, there's a tour in Vegas that just started last night. Um, it's actually a residency of sorts, so they'll do a bunch of a bunch of dates in Vegas, and it's Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. That's great. Um, there's the Free Nationals who have a, um, a a crushing album, their first debut project. They're working on the second one. Um, their first album featured songs from Chronics. Caliucci, Daniel Caesar, and uh, you know Mac Miller. Mm. Um, we mm. we had still some one really, of my favorites. I still listen to his music. Yeah, we had we had some deep uh, deep conversations there on the Delicious Vinyl Island label. Um, oh oh oh! I can't forget my niece. I'm so I'm so proud of my niece. She's she's got a project coming, and it's I'm super proud of it. Her name is Wolf W X L F. Oh wow! Interesting and. If Kishiko had a daughter that could sing like her, this would be it. Oh. So, Kishiko. you know, she has a very distinct voice. So, that, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of groups to cut through the static. I put the, that record out on them on Valentine's Day. That's great. So that's a recent release. And I'm just trying to stay productive. And you see um, artists like Luck that I represent as a manager. She signed to another label. But I'm representing Luck. She's a fantastic debut artist with multiple music videos in the marketplace and I was just on Sway promoting her. So in as much as I have so many great things around me, I try to do it one thing at a time because everybody's not in cycle, unfortunately, at the same right. time. Or fortunate for me that they're not all working at the same time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people, it, it's all life is about cycles and I have a bunch of cycles in life. Yeah. Correct. And then there was the artist that I'm going to be, that I'm interested in interviewing. Oh, that, that's through the static. Yes. Yeah. He, he's, op he's open. Yes. He's blowing my phone up right now. Yeah, he's great. And yeah, then, he's um, one that we released on Valentine's Day. Yeah, he's he's great. I love his whole yeah. vibe. It's great. Yeah. Um, now, um, how can my listeners and viewers find you? And Zion on internet and social media. Let's start with you first. Uh, you know, if I do anything, I'll I'll maybe post on Instagram. That's my platform. Uh, it's Adrian underscore Miller. Adrian underscore Miller. There is another Adrian Miller, but I'm not a chef. He is. So, <laughs> um, and Zion is. We we've said it throughout the, uh, the entire interview, but we haven't given the name, the spelling of the name. And it's X as an X-ray, Y as in youth, I-O-N.com. I see you, I see through it. And Zion is uh, the home base, and it's Zion.com, X-Y-I-O-N. And that's on all platforms as well. 
you know, and chop if, it up. And if you're an artist and uh, you basically heard what Adrian, he's open to all genres of music. Yeah. And then I'm going to add a little bit of flavor. You have to be passionate about your art, not just be an artist. <laughs> and submit your music and see if you get a response from Adrian. <laughs> yeah, you, you can be an artist, but always keep in mind, I am what art is. Yeah, that's great. So That's a, that's a I, great I, mindset. Yeah, I, I want you to have more passion about your art than I do, because... Ultimately, I am where art meets every aspect of business, opportunity, and community. So that's the point of Zion. And that is Zion the Firm. That's what I'm going to call it. Okay. Well, it was a true pleasure, um, Adrian, having this conversation with you. And um, we're going to say this conversation was definitely a legacy conversation from the beginning of time to current and um, you know, your consistency in this business. It's, it's been real. It Thank even, you again. it even took me back to some memories. I'm like, wow, that yeah. person, how is that person? Wow. Well, well, thank you so much for having me again, Miss Wendy. Thank you. Um, thank whenever you. you, whenever you need me, I'm here. Yeah. Thank you for joining Wendy World Gaming in Washington. See you next time. Bye. Wendy World Daily with Wendy Washington is Monday through Friday for 15 minutes every morning, exploring and introducing Hollywood's most trending topics to interviewing creative influencers and celebrities. I will be living a world daily of entertainment, fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. I can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. So make sure to subscribe and be ready to download Wendy World Daily with Wendy Washington. I look forward to seeing you there.